With a band name not quite suitable for wearing merch in public, the Brian Jonestown Massacre is a group that has enchanted modern psychedelic rock since its debut in the mid-90s. Most known for their chaotic group dynamic, antics of lead singer Anton Newcomb, and overall strange sound, the Brian Jonestown Massacre are unsung heroes within the music industry. Never quite entering the mainstream, the Brian Jonestown Massacre has maintained its cult fan base for three decades now, and has since seen a recent wave of popularity after being mentioned in Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain documentary that was released last summer. In Roadrunner, friends say that Bourdain's favorite song was Anemone. The song was described as, quote, heroin music in the film. Since 1995, the group has released 18 studio albums with five live albums. Most notably, their 2008 record, Their Satanic Majesty's Second Request, holds a few gems of the group's discography, the primary song being Anemone. Anemone has a cathartic energy to it, almost demanding a consistent head nodding for the three-minute expanse of the song. The song and its neighboring songs resemble the energy of the Beatles' magical mystery tour, the melancholic tone of Joy Division, and the strangeness of the Cockatoo Twins. You're listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Alexandra Hall, and this is Anemone by the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Welcome back to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. You just heard Anemone by the Brian Jonestown Massacre. I think this was both Bella and Gavin's first official time sitting down and listening yeah. to that song. So can can I get some first impressions, ladies and gents? Can I ask a question? Yes. What was that? Exactly. What? Exactly. I liked it. It was an experience. I really liked it. It was good. I really liked but it. Like, <laughs> like the thing <laughs> in the yeah. back, I was like, <laughs> it's just like it was just droning on with that little Are you tambourine kidding me? and I the loved guitar that. chords. I loved that. Well, maybe we'll so fight you about don't it. like it? I don't know. So if you guys were to hear this song and not hear my little intro. Bro, Okay, if you guys were to hear that song, kind of a first cold listen, and not have any concept of who that group was or the time period, what decade would you place that song being released in? The, the early, mid-70s, for sure. Yeah, like it had a very like for sure post Beatles maybe. So what if I told you it was released in two thousand and eight? I'm not surprised, right? You're not surprised. I don't know. Maybe I am. I'm just saying that because it makes sense. What else was coming out in two thousand eight? Like the black eyed peas, like (laughs) my humps. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It just yeah, the indie stuff back then was. You don't Weird. like it, Gav? No, I'm just Gav saying. Gav is that, that not It seems to fit in the, the music that I remember from that time period, the weird stuff. Fair enough. I don't know. Well. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's out of place in the timeline. So you guys have never had any experience with this band prior to seven minutes ago? Nope. Okay, Besides, that's exciting. exciting. I know no. of the actual massacre. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not a, the band that played for, during it. That's no. no. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> there was a soundtrack. Is that what this is? Is this the That's not <laughs> No, funny. that is not funny. This was not related to the actual massacre. It was actually the name came from it's kind of an homage to the Rolling Stones and also um 
or Brian Jones and the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Like it's more so that and also um, the massacre itself, but it, it's mostly just for shock value. There's not a huge deep meaning well, to the band, but um, I got into this band because I had a coworker, my friend Eden, who was actually uh, the Morrissey girl from a couple episodes ago. Oh. And she used to always, she was always so excited about this band. She would play it while we worked. And she was like, have you heard the Brian Jonestown massacre? I remember hearing that and being like, no, because I'm mentally okay. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. That can't be good. That can't, yeah. I was like, okay, Eden, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw Roadrunner in theaters last year when it came out. And I remember hearing Anemone. And there's this scene where Anthony Bourdain is walking on the beach. And they play this song right after they describe it as heroin music. And I, it just like it unleashed something in my brain. And I was like, how do I know this song? So I forgot about the song, went to work. This is probably two years after the Eden spiel. And I was serving a customer. And as I'm serving this customer, the song comes on. And the way I stopped speaking, I stopped speaking to this man I was serving. I was like, excuse me. I just turned around and I went because I had to figure out what the song was. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it's just been sort of a rabbit hole that I've really gotten into. They have so many different albums with so many different, styles but yet this kind of one concrete overarching theme and element to it so i think they're they're pretty incredible and if anything they're hilarious as well like the group has a dynamic that is just about as chaotic as the music is and it's got like a cool it's such a recognizable sound because it's pretty much Mm -hmm. the whole thing the same thing the whole way through so when you hear it it's just like oh yeah and this yeah. is definitely it's like, like Intro to Baby by Justin Bieber. Kind of like you hear <laughs> you those immediately duh, duh, know. Yeah. You're like, oh man, I and know this song. Anemone is definitely one of I mean, a lot of their songs kind of have that cathartic, pretty much the same thing for five minutes, but not all of their music is like that. Like a lot of the, uh, m- other songs are more dynamic than mm-hmm. Anemone is, but I think Anemone is so digestible for people and it's it's just enjoyable. I like, almost, yeah. It's just kind of fun. I really, I almost really enjoy like just the like. The consistency of it, which usually I'm not, I'll yeah. be the person who's gonna say, oh, yeah, like switch it up. Yeah. But I loved it. It felt like a walk through a desert or yeah. something type vibe, you know? And that's. Yeah, it's like a, a landscape that doesn't change the exactly. whole time you're mm-hmm. in it. And the album cover, it's funny you guys say that. Like, Anemone, I think, is the genus, or it, it's some sort of classification of flowers. And the cover of this album is, I think, someone on a hike. And so someone is walking through these fields. That makes perfect and sense. And the point, the point of the song is like, there's no super deep meaning to it. It's all just about moving on when things and people aren't right for you anymore. Like the biggest lyric is, "You should be, yeah. you should be um, helping me up, but you're holding me back or something. You should mm-hmm. be, you know, you're holding me down." It's sort of that that exodus when you realize that things are not right for you. So it's a really really simple song, and that it's sort of like a, a walk in the park to yeah. listen to. I noticed when we were listening the way that the words are phrased and kind of just the, the how the chords cycle over and over again. It I want to know how the song was written, like because I can see him kind of just sitting there with the band yeah. and just like when something would come to him, he just kind of spit it out and be like that line that he has, like the one you just said, and then he kind of just built it. Because like, I feel like that's how a lot a lot of songwriters do it is they'll just kind of play that loop of chords right. and he'll just kind of spit out until he has the the final product. So I'm interested in how that how they did that. And Anton Newcomb, it's funny you bring that up because he's about as 
fictionally creative artist as you can come up with. Like he's such a character mm. and he actually, I was going to bring this up later. He's kind of a menace on Twitter and social media. He oh, kind man. of hates America. He just kind of hates everything. And he literally lives in Berlin. He hates the music industry so much that he built his own record studio that I'm pretty sure is in his home. And all he does is just record mass amounts of music. Does he record on the floor? Just like he cooks on the floor. The, the, there's a documentary. And I think, um, I think it may have been in the Anthony Bourdain episode. They show a little bit of his house in Berlin, maybe. He's just like sleeping on a couch, sort of still lives like he's 21 years old in LA and he just makes music. And so do, I don't think this man should be running any country, but I, no. I think that he contributes something to the music industry that so many artists lack and just aren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's some form of artistic integrity to him because he's not much else really he's fair. a full-time artist yeah also his son is named wolfgang which i just think is oh my incredibly gosh we know a wolfgang you do and he probably would like this song he would love he, this wow. song we should send it to him musical baddies yeah. named wolfgang he he was actually here like two months ago to <gasps> visit us send him the song we'll send him the song very cool but when you said that he sleeps on a couch that kind of reminds me of Benny Blanco. I remember I was watching this YouTube video and it was like Charlie Puth house tour and Benny Blanco is just like sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And it was like, he looks just like a homeless man, but he's written like the best all the big of all songs yeah, of all right. time. Like TikTok, ever heard it? Yeah. Like Benny Blanco wrote that. There's so. just something interesting about that because I mean, I don't think all great artists have to be a certain way, but there are always those kind of overarching themes that kind of unite them. And mm-hmm. Anton Newcomb is just kind of, the pinnacle of of what that yeah. tortured kind of weird artist looks like both physically because i don't think he showered in the past century yeah. and also artistically i can kind of guess just basically like by the the crowd of youtube comments on this song but is he into drugs as well yeah okay so. uh and there, there's a you lot think? of there's this there's this I very assume i know i think you can probably put two and two together after listening to an ebony but there is this very famous music documentary called dig which is about the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown Massacre, who were kind of like brother bands. They sort of had feuds. They sort of had a similar style. Um, But I'm pretty sure the Brian Jonestown Massacre was pretty into um, psychedelics and heroin. And a lot of their... What was funny is in Dig, there's this bit about the Dandy Warhols singing about the drugs, but the Brian Jonestown Massacre being the guys who actually did the drugs. (laughs) So, yes. They're not posers, guys. No, they actually, like, are addicts. But... Um, yeah, so none of the music is about exploring the themes of addiction and what it means to be human, but I don't think all music has to be that, you know? For sure. And it, it uh, most of their music is, is very interesting and it, it explores a lot of different sonic lands. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about Anemone by the Brian Jonestown Massacre. You're listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So... General consensus on the Brian Jonestown massacre. Where are our thoughts at after you've gotten some history and, and a tune or two? It makes sense. I get it. It and makes I, sense. I, I like it. It's I was also going. To the say verdict that. is in. It makes sense. It do- I mean, like it's exactly what you'd think from those type of people. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, <clears throat> for me, usually when you can tell that someone's music is like very heavily influenced by their lifestyle, when it has a lot of drugs and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I don't like. I don't always gravitate towards that t- so much, just because that's not like my sound entirely. Right. Sometimes, but you know. But I really liked this, like more than I thought I would, by a bunch of people who are just doing psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Like the, like I said already, but the very like consistent like B in the back, like I loved that. Yeah. Like that, it was a good song. I'm into it. 
And a lot of their other music, like I said, has a lot of similarities to the song in that there's they sort of appear very simplistic. Like this, I think, has maybe two stanzas of lyrics, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of the same yeah. beat throughout, the same stuff throughout. But a lot of their other songs, I they are one of the bands that I can see very palpable growth through all of their music, but they still kind of maintain their core of their sound. Like they're not trying to be super experimental. They're not trying to be anything other than what they are. And that's what I like so much about the Brian Jonestown Massacre and Anton Newcomb is that they don't care. Like they don't care about the industry. They don't care about anything. And so I think with that, there's this liberation that allows them to create just like really good music. Yeah, you and know? it's genuine. Yeah. Like you can tell it's like, very raw. Yeah. They wouldn't you can tell in songs like that, like they wanted to. If yeah. That makes sense. That sounds weird. But you know, like you're saying, you can from one song I can I can guess that that they're like those types of people who are like, we're just gonna make whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And it it definitely gives their music a sense of like rawness, yep. like you said. Mm. It's interesting too to have like to see people being an artist and like being well off enough that they can devote their whole life to that. Like, I wonder how many people would be like this if they didn't have to like you know have a normal job, yeah. be a part of society. If you could kind of be secluded and do your art like this, I wonder how many bands or people in general would kind of gravitate more to just making, making art. Yeah, yeah, and, and would it sound like this? I think also like we come from a very different generation and what we've seen with the music industry, with social media and TikTok, not to be the person who brings up TikTok is like a buzzword every four seconds. But um, I I think it's it's interesting, especially when you're watching the Dig documentary where they get so excited to do these like crazy photo shoots in the house after they've just had a party after they released the album or just parts of the music industry that like are still there but aren't as you know the more emphasis is placed on what content you can create outside of the music rather than kind of the really fun and enjoyable parts about just being a band and just creating music um it's washed out now. yeah it, it definitely is and there there's a charisma to the band when you're watching documentaries and you see them interact with each other they're kind of crazy people are always yelling at each other and high but there's there's an aspect to it that's just so much more real than i think mm. what a lot of music is right now yeah i see that it, mm. it, it's sad too because there's such a, a, a shift of focus for the music industry and the, the art i think it's lost yeah. in that when it's like let's make the money let's make sure we take the right photos say the right things you know mm-hmm. especially yeah. since nowadays you usually have all these random internet celebrities just being like no i'm a musician yeah so I, I just put it on an album yeah. you can just decide yeah. yeah like it's not like that you see like the like the one direction guys like you know that's probably the one of the most tight-knit most planned musical endeavor by the music industry is like we have this boy band that are like really polished and tight-knit and then when they went to the, do their solo careers you can kind of see like they put a lot more into the art. It's yeah. Like, especially with Harry Styles. He kind of just locked yeah. himself in a studio and did his thing on an island in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Right. And he made a really good album. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And the last bit I wanted to add was just kind of a discussion about genres. So this one, their kind of biggest influence is garage rock, psychedelic rock. But there's a genre that I actually did not know existed until probably last week called shoegaze, which is synonymous with sort of dream pop. And it sort of started in the 1980s. It was an indie subgenre defined by really heavy volume and bass and kind of ethereal vocals, vocal tones. Um, so My Bloody Valentine is sort of the pinnacle of that genre, but Brian Jonestown Massacre is 
is one of those groups that you would consider kind of shoegaze rock or shoegaze psychedelica. Um, How is that spelled? Is it like shoe? Shoegaze, like, like literally like a foot shoe. Shoegaze. I've never heard of that before. I thought it was My a typo when I read it in an article. Something like that to me. Mm. Where does this remind? Does this band like remind you guys of anyone? I know I mentioned sort of Cockatoo Twins. I don't know if yeah, you guys are familiar. I like them. Yeah. yeah. And I think the way that the vocals are produced is like that kind of very breathy and yeah, out of the way. The whispery. Yeah. And they're not front and center. Yeah. Which is cool, but it's not really my favorite. You know, That's I fair. prefer to hear the, the vocals, but also lots of Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. That could be just like the way it's produced too. It just sounds everything's live and raw, but it definitely sounds like something from a long time ago. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And today we chatted about Anemone by the Brian Jonestown Massacre. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.